0: The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional legal advice. Brothers, Brothers,
1: Brothers on
0: Law. Good morning, everyone. Larry Mandel, Brothers on Law. I'm here with my brother Rob. Good How morning. Good morning. Good Saturday to you. Yeah, hey, Rob, so I want to talk a little bit about our experiences in the courtroom, maybe some firsthand experiences with judges. All right, why not? Tell us uh, if you had any interesting experiences, maybe when you were a young lawyer. I have interesting experiences with judges every day that I'm in the courtroom. And, you know, but I do remember my very first, some of my very first experiences. Tell us about uh, it. There was a guy in... Uh, well, I, I tell you, my first experience in federal court was an eye-opener because I had had a few experiences with judges in the state court, and for the most part, they were pretty cool. And if they saw that you were a young lawyer especially, they, they seemed to kind of extend a little bit of hand of, of courtesy and help. But in the federal court, you know, these are lifetime appointees and sometimes they just, yeah, man, they're not, uh, (laughs) they get full of themselves and, you know, they don't have a lot of mercy. And there was this guy and he says, you know, when you address the court, stand, right? And so... Robert, uh, when you address the court, stand. Yeah, you know, he just was saying, you know, to both attorneys, you know, you got to stand when you address the court. And so the... uh, uh, opposing counsel gets up and she's doing this long tirade and you know, explaining the case and whatever. And he, he looks at me and he goes, You have anything to add? And I say, No, Your Honor. And he goes, Stand when you address the court. And I go, Oh, I'm sorry. And he goes, You just did it again. Did and you ever so, stand or did you stay seated the whole I, time? I started standing even when I was just gonna say Yes or no. you know I mean just one word answers. I felt like you know I had to stand and How intimidating. this guy was, oh my God. he was very militaristic and you know but that's they, they have power. They have that yeah. kind of power over you. And I can remember the very they're not going to be elected. They don't have to worry about the voters. Yeah, vote you know I mean I, I guess if they're really terrible, they can throw them out, but it takes quite a bit. And people don't realize, you know if you if you run into a good judge, you're you're okay. Yeah. You run into someone who's a, a rough customer, Yeah, you're, you're stuck. The good then, judge thing, that's a segue, but I do want to, to our guest today, but I do want to talk about my first time, well, one of my first experiences with a judge that had some certain rules, little idiosyncrasies, if you will. Right. So- it, and I think he's gone now, so his last So now you was, can badmouth him all your own. Yeah, sorry, Judge Sinclair, <laughs> but here it goes. Yeah. Anyway, I was told, you know, don't put your hands in your pocket in front of Judge Sinclair. Now, you got to remember, this is before the metal detectors and everything. You just walked into court and there you are. Right. Do not put your hands in your pocket. And ha, ha, how, long, how many years have you been practicing at this Maybe point? Maybe three or four. So okay. I was a young guy. Right. Anyway... And so the That's first like thing, 60 years ago, in case you... Yeah, 60, thank you, you two you, thank you. But you're not too far away, by the way. Anyway, so I go into court, and the first stupid thing I do is, guess what? Put I, your hands in your pocket. Put, my put your hands, hands in the judge's pocket. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's not a buyout, yeah. by the way. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I stand up, put my hands in the pocket, and the bailiff literally came over and ripped my hands out of my pocket. Wow. And so, yeah. So it was like, it's just like when you when you see someone, they're, they're balancing a bunch of plates or whatever, and you go, don't drop them, don't drop them. And of course, swear, they drop right. them. They drop them. So, but now let's talk a little bit about our guest today, right? All right. Well, we, you know, we were talking about- uh, Good judges. Good judges, fair judges versus judges that are-, are you know, exceedingly rough or, Don't. or not that nice yeah, of people that you got to put your hands in their pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're lucky enough to hear here to have with us one of the best judges that's ever sat on the, the bench here, here, locally. here. And his <laughs> he he's a he's a great guy. His name is uh, Caesar Sarmiento. Tell, tell us a little bit about Caesar before yeah. uh, we, we bring him on in. Yeah. Caesar was a deputy, was a public defender, And also a deputy DA, and he was assigned to the Hardcore Gang Unit. Maybe he'll elaborate a little bit on that. Then he went on the bench, and he was sat on the bench as a criminal uh, justice or judge for probably about 12 to 14 years. And then he switched over to civil, and that's where we had a lot of interaction with him in civil court. And he sat in downtown in Santa Monica, Malibu.
1: Great, so that's a little great, bio.
0: Great judge. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Judge Sarmiento.
1: Oh, thanks a lot. It's great to be here. Nice to hear nice things being said about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 For yeah. once, right? Yeah, for <laughs> once. All we hear is,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, how, what made you be interested in becoming a judge? A judge?
1: Uh, uh, It's one of those things you don't plan on being a judge. I I was a public defender, I was a DA, and then back in the... I was appointed in 88, and I was doing hardcore gang, and that was kind of a real high-profile position in the mid-'80s. There was a lot of focus on gang crime because people were just discovering how much of a problem it was. So I was in the San Fernando Valley out here doing... Working Van Nuys in San Fernando. The cases I did got a lot of notoriety, doing robberies, Murders, multiple defendant, drive-by shootings, those kinds of things. Oh so, gosh. so a lot of uh, notoriety. And uh, at that time, it was a real law and order um, pure era. The early 90s, right? Mid-80s. Th- mid Mid-80s, 80s. Yeah, uh, yeah. Governor George Magian was appointing a lot of guys from the AG's office, from the DA's office. And I was there, and I thought, hey, why not? So I put my name in and I got appointed. I got appointed real early. I was 33. A lot of people were saying, you know, you should probably wait. But it's one of those things when the opportunity comes around, you take it because it may not come around again. You know, it's a political process, basically. If you're in the right spot at the right time, you have to take it because I thought about waiting. But everybody was telling me, no, if you, if you can get an appointment now, take it because, like I said, it may not come around. So I was real lucky I got on. And uh, That's a young judge, worked, uh, yeah, 33. 30, yeah, 33. Yeah, 33. 33. Thirty-three is young. That's you amazing. Know. Yeah,
0: but a little bit about the uh, DA experience. So you were prosecuting gang members, hardcore stuff.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was real exciting because at the time, like I say, it was. Uh, it was the thing. It was kind of the glamorous spot to be in the DA's office. So there, there were, I think, about. 10 or 15 of us, and when they started me downtown, then I went to Compton, which was a really heavy place to be trying wow. gang cases. straight you know, out of Compton. Yeah, you yeah. work closely with the sheriff's, Operation Safe Streets was the sheriff's uh, gang units, and the LAPD had crash at the time, I don't know if they, if they still have it. And then they put me in, like I said, the valley, and it was kind of, it was a great opportunity for me, because I was the only guy out there covering both courts, so I got to do all the cases, got to really know know the police officers the detectives the homicide detectives from both uh, sheriffs and lapd and you get to work with them you know wow. something happens you get a call you go out to the crime scene you get really involved the idea was to get involved with the case as soon as possible so you could have the most chance for prosecutorial success so that's that's what we were able to do and that was the advantage of being in a unit like that because your your caseload is limited and you just focus on you bit just the cases that fit the profile of what we want looking for. One specific
0: area. Kind of like what we do. We focus on accident-related matters, Rob. That's sure. all we do. You know, it, it, what you're talking about raises something of interest to me because uh, you're talking about Gangs being a very prominent thing in the in the uh, mindset of people back in the mid '80s and whatnot, and and the gang violence, and but it yet, still is. Yeah, yeah, now we hear about it again, and I just read in the newspaper last week about uh, these kids that were murdered in Panorama City, and by allegedly by a gang that had ties or is part of this. What is it called? Ms. M- M- 13. Yeah. Ms. Thirteen. Ms. Thirteen. Which particularly violent, uh, cl- what they call a clique, of gangs. Were you dealing with them and, back then,
1: Judge? Yeah, they were. Um, they they were around uh, back then. Mostly in in the valley, it was. Yeah, we're dealing with both Hispanic and uh, and, and African American black gangs as well. Back then, it was. Uh, uh, back th- like I say, in the early eighties, were kind of just. It was, it was more in the learning. public conscious, more, more learning yeah. about it and, and, and learning the culture. And then you learn the street gangs. And you, there's, a, there's a whole culture you kind of get involved with. Yeah, I, I just think, um, you know, I'm not a sociologist, but there's a whole a whole theory culture. about how it culture and how it how it right. how it evolves and propagates and keeps itself going like this has been what 30 years and still happening
0: it's still happening, and it's still happening. But we've been, and been prosecuting anything. and putting people behind bars and we still have the problem so yeah it, is there is that a solution no, to I, these problems i
1: never looked at it that way we weren't my my job wasn't to
0: rehabilitate cure, cure, or anything cure,
1: yeah to, to figure out why this is happening the the fact is, there are people who are doing these horrible crimes that need to be prosecuted. They need to be taken out of the streets. That was our focus. Right, right. So you know why why somebody you know there's educational issues, economic issues, all these other things. It's beyond the scope of what as a DA you're you're, you're going to deal with. You know you understand all those things, but you know once you cross that line, you take a gun, you start shooting people, That's killing right. people, robbing them, you know, really destroying people's lives. And yeah, you got to do something about it. You can't. Yeah, just and then
0: as as a judge though are you having a different mindset because you first started out as a criminal judge right and so you're hearing these cases and before you were prosecuting now you've got to put on a whole different hat listen to the evidence yeah and the, it, 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 right so do you view it differently well i had the advantage
1: of being a public defender for the first year and a half of my career i started out my first job really was as a public defender here in l.a county right. and i did switch after a year and a half to the da side so i had a kind of an idea Balance. of what it's like to be on, on, on both sides but one thing you really understand when you get on the bench is you know you got if you want to stay in business, if you want to be successful as a judge, you've got to put on that neutral hat. You've got to try to be fair and impartial. Now, you're a human being. When things happen, you know things things right. happen. You instant of privacy process. You evolve. You learn. You learn how to really try to separate, you know, your your, your prosecutorial background from what you're trying to do on the bench. Right. And I think it's interesting. A lot of a lot of def, a lot of criminal attorneys, well, defense attorneys will tell you the kind of the hardest the hardest judges are the people who can't come from the public defender's office or, or from the defense bar mm. for some reason they tend to be harder they bend over backwards they, yeah so they try to the the show the, different yeah. spectrum yeah so yeah. I, you know haven't had the advantage of both sides you know you just it's really you just call them as you see them and i think if you just kind of focus on that that aspect it kind of helps you keep centered
0: did you ever have to recuse yourself in other words like it's a case I just can't sit on this case. It's just too crazy. too horrible or, or yeah, yeah. heinous. No, nah, you're crime.
1: Sure. You, you don't have that option. One of the, one of your obligations as a judge, unless you've got some ethical, a real conflict that's stated in the um, in the ethics, you you're obligated to, to 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 handle that case to, to right. conduct you know to for that case. So you can't just because it's a tough case, whether well, it's criminal or civil, you don't want to do it because it's too much work. You got You know it's horrible. The people are you don't like the attorneys. You got. You're tough.
0: You got to do the case. Whatever you don't like the attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> As
1: I'm, in the
0: case of my brother. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, but I'm a likable yeah. guy. No, I, what no if you, you don't like, like the attorneys. Yeah, I me? guess
1: for full disclosure later, yeah. I should tell people Uh-oh. the first law class I ever took was in eighth grade. Well, no, it was eleventh grade or tenth, eleventh. Yeah. We were at Chatsworth High School. Larry and I had the same business law class. In the first lawsuit, we—I don't remember what it was—but we did a small. We were, you, we were on opposite sides in Mr. Hammond's business law
0: class. Yeah. And uh, do you remember this? No, I don't. I See, like this. It's, it's, See, my brother it's so, has so, zero memory. Yeah. This yeah. was the thing. I only remember the good stuff. Yeah. But well, that's should, a good thing. It is a good unless yeah. I lost the
1: case. No, I, I, I don't remember <laughs> who won or lost. I just remember. Mr. Hammond said, you and Larry are going to do this case. And we did it. I think we did it in front of the class. And I love I it. Think I would, you don't remember that? No, I don't. I, oh, I thought you remembered that. I no. can't believe you don't. Know. This, was, this was probably 1971 then. Yeah. And yeah. then I remember uh, the first time I went to a courthouse was that class also. Mr. Hammond took us to the
0: Van Nuys courtroom. Oh, yeah. What a and great I, teacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember him? Do you remember him? Yeah, enough? I do remember him. Do remember He's starting class? to say he remembers things. Something. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Just a yeah. tiny <laughs> bit yeah. here. See, yeah. it was a big it was a
1: big deal yeah. for me because that was really my first experience with a law because we had you know it was an actual case that wow. he had us he had us act as lawyers and then we actually went to a to a courtroom van nuys court yeah, yeah, i'm true. honored
0: to be you know exchanging with larry you i can't believe you don't Well, because, because of that. mr hammond or hammond Ham. mr hammond, hammond? Yeah. Yeah, mr hammond we have you know two successful people in the in the legal field yeah, yeah, mr. yeah. God, god bless him them. if he's still and out there
1: thanks yeah what you a great that, that's yeah. a
0: great story let the scales of justice tip in your favor so getting back to the the gang thing just for a second it, it, you know now that you've you've served as a prosecutor public defender a judge for many years and you're you know seeing all, obviously some of those cases as a judge do you know what do we do you you have a perspective for us as a society i mean should we be afraid of you know, MS-13, is that, you know, something that, you know, if you live out in the, the suburbs or whatnot, you got to be afeard of? Or, or you know, what what would be your take on all that? Well, I, at least in the, in the years I had the experience
1: with it, if you lived in an area, well, put it this way, I think the people who are the most victims of the crimes are people who live in the area where they live. So there's, in right. sense, That's preying on, on I, each other in, in their bad. own neighborhoods. It's not like they're coming out, you know, if they're, if they're out in the East Valley it's not like they're going out to Woodland know, Hills to, to Woodland, Woodland Hills or Hidden yeah. Hills to do not, not I'm not saying they don't, you know maybe I'm sure you've got occasions where someone will come out there to do a, a burglary or robbery or something right. but that's not you know drive-by shootings and your random shootings don't take place so, you know it's sad I mean I, I can recall cases drive-by shootings where you know it, it's all too often you get innocent bystander victims older Italy people young children right. you know, just crazy stuff that happens you know somebody just you know, reaching out over the hood of his car, firing a gun, and you know, a block, you know, not yeah. block, you know, hundred feet away, some little girl standing there, takes yeah. a bullet. That kind yeah. of stuff. Happens. Random shooting yeah, like that. It's terrible, uh, all.
0: It's all too common. So, what do you think was the most terrible? Yeah, that or most terrible case? thing that you've seen that's really sticks in your mind to, or, or I, haunts this, you. To this, this is day. that a, as a prosecutor. No, just or as, Just as a, I would um, say, I, as a judge. I, or, I think as a yeah.
1: prosecutor, the uh, a case I had there were. Uh, there were four four gang members who, who picked up, who picked up uh, a rival gang member, drove him up to the hills, you know, in the east part of the valley, drove him around, tortured him the whole night, no. killed him, buried his body up there. Wow! And uh, wind up prosecuting. I think I can't remember two or three. The guy, the the. the, the kind of person we thought was the the leader, the one who, who pulled the trigger. I don't think we ever, he, he never got, he was never caught as long as I was following the case, but I think we did prosecute, successfully prosecuted two or three of them. But that was just a horrible case. Can you imagine just these kids putting it you know, yeah. they'd put this kid in the back of, a, of, their, of their truck. It was a little shell. They tortured him, you know, burned him with cigarettes, to, told him we are gonna kill him. Oh my God. And, that, and you know, pic, looking at the pictures when they found the body- yeah,
0: it, was rough it was yeah. It was, it
1: was horrible.
0: Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and of course, brothersonlaw.com. So, I want to switch to something else. So, I want to go into when, Judge, you were sitting on the bench in the civil cases, right? Mm-hmm. And specifically, when somebody comes into your court, how are they supposed to address you? How are they supposed to dress? Things like that. I mean, have you seen it? Where well, are no, you you're I'm supposed pointing to say at no, your honor no, 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 and what, wear a suit. No, I don't no, no. Say, you're pointing at. If Rob, you're a then. lawyer. No, what is, I want is, was is.
1: your story about standing up. Because I've had people every time they address you, know, they jump up out of their seat. Yes, yeah. not, and, and I'm thinking, why? Why are they doing that? No. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, they've this, been to federal yeah, court. Yeah, and, that's and, why. And that, that explains. I've yeah, yeah.
0: been to federal court. That kind of explains it. <laughs> I could have said, Have you been in federal court? What are you doing to me here?
1: know my whole thing evolved. You know, when I first, I think I was telling you when I first got on the bench. You know, I had a lot of experience in front of judges who I liked, you know, I wanted to model myself. Out in back, you know, by those judges I liked, the ones I didn't like that I thought were horrible, I wanted to make sure I didn't do those things. So you get on, you have all these ideals about what you want to do. You try and change everything. Yeah. You got to be yourself, number one. And I think I just finally figured out, you know, you got what people want most is they want a decision from you. They don't want you to hem and haw. They want you to run your courtroom. They want you to be in charge. Right. They want you to be fair. And they don't want you to. They want you to treat them respectfully. Right. They don't want you to be an a hold Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even so, if you're
0: ruling against them, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, have people, a legal reason for it people understand and, that. Yeah. It, it, but if somebody comes to short comes to court, let's say a guy with a sleeveless shirt. Are you talking about without a lawyer, you mean an yeah, improper? Like, yeah, like in small claims or okay. whatever, you know, or they come in improper like you said, like family law case or something like that. Have you I, have you had that happen? Yeah, it happens all the time. You
1: know, people especially when you in the old days, we used to have Municipal Court, right? right. Spirit Court, and I started out a Muni Court, and you do small claims, you do traffic, whatever. And these guys would come to court, tank tops, flip-flops. I don't really care. I, yeah. I, I wasn't one of those guys. Even if like, a, an attorney will show up sometimes, I forgot my coat. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I forgot my suit. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. So I, 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 didn't, I tried not to get hung up on, on those uh, those types of things. Right. It's just ma- mainly, you know, just act cheap, act, act we, you know act like professional regardless of what you're what, hearing and, and we'll be yeah, fine what
0: impressed what impressed you the most when you were hearing either a person testifying or the attorney there I mean preparation I presume is so important
1: preparation is everything you can see you can see, it, you, can see it, you can see a person who's not prepared and it just becomes so obvious and you can tell by the paperwork too you can tell when you get the paper especially in civil. you can look at it you can tell whether it's just you know, just plate stuff, and then at the, and then the second to last paragraph, it's what the case is about. Then you know, okay. That's, sometimes that's all you you know. It's, you don't need more than that. But when you get that, you can see. And when you get a really good, when you get some really good, um, you know, papers, and you know, okay, this guy's going to be pretty good. This guy or woman's going to be pretty good. And the people who know their case, especially when you tra- when you when you're in trial, people that know that file, you know, somebody makes it. If they want yeah, if you can if you can go right to the point of deposition where you've got an inconsistent statement from somebody, pull that up right away. that is so impressive. It just shows you know the file right um, and it's just putting the time in, and you can tell the lawyers who did that. and the good ones,
0: the people who have good reputations are the ones who do that. What about a person you know whether they have a lawyer or not, but now it's their first time in court, and they're going to have to take that stand or or do something like that. What would be your advice to someone that just has their legal action? They're new to the process. They got a lawyer, and now they're facing the courtroom. Well,
1: oh, uh, in terms of uh, if you're talking about a brand new lawyer, just no. I'm uh, talking about the person. Oh, the person. Yeah. Just be respectful of the court. Just answer the questions that are being asked, and that's all you can do. What more can you do? I mean, right. don't try to bluff your way or try to you know pretend like you're something you're not, or try to you know bully people. Just. If somebody's rambling on
0: and on, like my brother does sometimes, will you cut them off and just say, no more?
1: I, I th- or I think, will
0: you just let me ramble on and on?
1: I, I think earlier, to my <laughs> Cut current, them off, I, Judge. I, I used to cut people off. But, it, but after a while, you, you know, learn you, patience is a skill you can actually develop. Yeah. So after, you know, after some years, you actually learn to, to sit there and listen. Sometimes you have to. And I've had a lot of comments from attorneys later, Judge, why did you let that guy go on for so long? I, I had to let him have his say and, Right. you know I think maybe early in my career I would just say stop I don't want to hear it but after a while you understand this guy wants to make his record let him make his record and nice. goes on and on it's, it's hard you want them to have their say right. you know at some point obviously you gotta if it's, if it's put to the point where it's overly repetitious and it's just a waste of time you, you, you know you gotta run the courtroom so you right. gotta say stop but for the but, most part you gotta let people talk some guys and women are just long winded it just yeah. takes them a long time to get to the point
0: but patience is an art. It is yeah, true. You've Thank got you. A lot. A lot. You're looking at me like I have a lot of patience. <laughs> yeah. Well, you I do. do. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, it's time to uh, switch right. gears a little bit. But we do want to talk to the judge about a few of the interesting things that we see out there in the legal ro- world that don't necessarily have anything to do with what we do as uh, representatives uh, for people who've been injured and harmed by the negligence of others, but there's a lot of other cool stuff out there. And we were uh, reading the other day that there's a new law uh, which is coming into effect, or which just, just became a law, right? And that the statewide minimum wage will increase from $11 to $12 per hour for employers with more than 25 employees. And that for the city and the county, Effective this last month, minimum wage increases from thirteen twenty-five to fourteen twenty-five per hour. It's really getting up there, you know. I, I mean, I think when I first started working, minimum wage was under a dollar. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. I started out in the. At a, uh, box boy. Yeah. A buck 75 or a buck 50. Okay.
1: I was going to say, I remember working at a pet store at the Northridge mall for $1.65. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. That was brutal. You're going, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was pretty
0: good. (laughs) 15 bucks a day. Yeah. Yeah. So So, so now the rates may differ for small employers. Isn't that interesting? So what do you guys think about that? Is it less for small employers? I mean, how That's tall it, yeah, do you have to be? Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. How tall do you have <laughs> to be? <laughs> I guess they're going to be real cheap for me then. So, um, that, you know, I was going to say, you know, we obviously we grew up together and um, what, the thing I remember most about your, your younger brother is that he was the only kid in school that was shorter than me, <laughs> but then he got taller later, so whatever. Yeah. But anyway, um, so what do you guys think about that? You know, is it a good thing that we're raising these minimum wages? Judge, what do you think? That's well, a whole political, economic
1: issue yeah. thing. You know, you you uh, you watch the presidential debates. That's that's part of it. Uh, you know, I, I'm not an employer, so I don't. You know, I don't. I'm not a small business employer, so I don't have that pressure of trying to budget my office budget. Budget a business and try to hire people, and so I can keep staffing going. But I imagine that's a real issue for some people who are for small businesses, and I think uh, it's it's a tough issue. Obviously, I want everybody to make a, a live right. living yeah. wage, especially uh, here in Los Angeles. Yeah, you know, you, you you wonder how some people can even make it around here, given yeah what the, I, what the costs are. I for want rent.
0: people motivated, you know, to work too. I want them to get a fair pay. Yeah, well, that's right. Fair hey. pay for fair work. All right. Hey, so it's time for a true or false. though Rob. Well, let I. I I think we should skip that and move right to our messages because someone has an interesting question. Let's and, do that if we have yeah, time we'll to to your fault. Let's check the Mandel message box.
1: Hi Robin Larry, this is Casey from Woodland Hills. I was driving my best friend's car and someone hit me. I have insurance and it wasn't my fault, but will my insurance cover the damage on her vehicle?
0: The answer to the question, I think, Larry, what do yeah. you think? But I I I think I would say that unless the boyfriend was a um, excluded driver specifically on the policy, and if she uh, loaned that car with permission to the to the uh, boyfriend, um, of course the insurance is going to cover it. Yeah, what do you think? The insurance is going to cover it, but there are situations where if you're living together and you're using somebody's car and you're not. Um, You know, insured and named on the policy, it could be uh, an exclusion. Right, right. So, if the boyfriend was specifically not to be insured on on that vehicle, then uh, uh, you know there's a problem in coverage. But otherwise, you loan your car to somebody, and they get in an accident. um, So it could be your best friend's car too. Well, that's That's what she said. Yeah, her best friend. Oh, not not the boyfriend. boyfriend. I'm sorry. I I misunderstood. Yeah. So yeah. So So she's a permissive user, right? Would probably be that she's okay covered under both policies, the registered owner, which is her best friend, and her policy uh, as a driver. So both of them maybe the the drive. Maybe the best friend doesn't have insurance. She didn't. She didn't say that part. Yeah. So, but assuming that the best friend does not have insurance. Her coverage still applies. Exactly. Uh, now there may be a limit because the permissive user statute limits that coverage to, to the minimal policy limits. So that could be an issue there. So if it, it was a big, big accident and damages exceeded 15 grand per person in terms of personal injury or whatnot, yeah, that could be that well, could be an issue. Her policy, if she has a higher policy, may may still apply. Right. Um, permissive user statute. So we we okay. So all right now, tell us about this true or false because I want uh, right. the judge to weigh in on this. This <clears throat> is true or false, Judge? It is illegal to spit on the sidewalk in in public in Massachusetts, New York City, and Dodge City, Kansas. What do you think?
1: <laughs> Nobody likes spitting, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna guess true. And,
0: and it is, is true, true according to and, our producer, and, Cameron. That's right. And the rules were meant to stop and, the spread of disease. But you have to admit, spitting in front of everyone is just plain gross. Regardless. Plain disgusting. Cool. Don't spit. No one yeah. wants to spit. Even if you're chewing tobacco, <laughs> don't do it. Well, all right. in the spittoon, maybe. Okay, yeah. That's spit it. it in the spittoon in, the, in your saloon. All right, well, well. It's time to wrap it up, I think, Rob. We're right. almost there. Go ahead. So, okay. Well, it was great uh, to enjoy the rest of our... I'm glad you all joined us to uh, enjoy your Saturday with us. We want to th- really give a spit great... Spit it sh- out, brother. Spit it out. out. I'm, yeah, that's right. All Talking right. about spit, yeah. yeah. I want to <laughs> give a big... <laughs> A big shout-out and thank you to Judge Cesar Sarmiento for coming down to our studio on this lovely Saturday morning. If you missed any part of our show or you want to hear any previous shows, head on over to brothersonlaw.com. And remember, let the scales of justice tip in in your your favor. favor. The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.